Welcome to an inspirational teaching by Pastor Victor DeMonte, the senior pastor of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. This morning's topic is understanding our authority in Christ. Every single believer has an authority that God has given to you. And we can back off or we can march forward confronting the enemy knowing God is with us. So your struggle is not just a physical struggle. There's something spiritual behind your struggle. I'm going to read portions of scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 17. Where it talks about a giant which they called Goliath. He was a Philistine. He represented the Philistine army. And he cried out to the armies of Israel saying, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed, they were discouraged, and they were greatly afraid. All they did was listen to what the giant said. This morning, I want to ask you, what is your giant? What is the giant you are confronting? Is it sickness? Is it the devil himself? Is it an addiction? What is your giant? Is it the future? But the more you look at the giant, the more discouraged you will be. And it will cause you to be greatly afraid. I want to show you how this giant looked like in the Bible. We read from verses 4 to 7. He was considered a champion. He was no ordinary guy. His height was six cubits and a span that's 10 feet tall. Now, 10 feet will be on top of where this is. Can you imagine a 10 feet tall guy standing there? And this is how he was dressed. He had a brass helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, a metal coat. And the weight of the coat... That armor was 5,000 shekels of bronze made of copper. That means 57 kgs was on his chest. That's a lot of weight. You talk about Iron Man, this was real stuff, Iron Man. He had an armor of 57 kgs as a breast coat. And he had bronze armor on his legs. That means covering his shin and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spear head weighed 600 shekels, that's 6.8 kgs. Only the head of the spear, 6.8 kgs. And in spite of all of that armor on his head, on his chest, on his legs, he still had an armor bearer before him. I mean, if that was not enough, covered with metal, with a huge shield, a person stands there as his armor brother. What's left to hit? No wonder the people of Israel, the armies of Israel, looked at him, 
heard him and they were discouraged because he was one mighty giant. It goes on to say that for 40 days, this Philistine giant would present himself morning and evening, morning and evening before them saying to all the men of Israel, challenging them. And when they saw the man, they didn't even have to hear him now. They heard his threat. They saw the giant and they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. That's an extreme emotion of fear. Dreadfully afraid. But in the same chapter, the Bible tells us that there was a boy. He was just 17 years old and they called him David. He was a shepherd boy. He came from a small town called Bethlehem. He ran errands for his brother. No military training. Heard the same giant that he heard. Saw the same giant that they saw, but he was not afraid. One little boy, 17 years of age, stood up to a giant where the armies of Israel couldn't stand up to him, but ran and fled with fear. And the only reason why David stood up to this giant is because he saw this enemy as God's enemy and not his enemy. You got your first point this morning. When you look at the giants in your life as God's enemy, you will have the courage to face him. So David looked at the Goliath as God's enemy and took the battle to another level where Goliath had no clue how it operated. And this is what the Bible says in verse 26. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? His perception of the same man, the same giant, was different from the perception that the armies of Israel had. The armies of Israel thought he was challenging them. David said, he's not challenging us. He's challenging the armies of the living God. Today, the enemy is not just challenging you. It's challenging the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. In all of this, David never forgot that they were God's chosen people and that God was with them. Church, if we could only remind ourselves that no matter how big the giants are in our lives, no matter how intimidating they may look, that you are God's chosen people. You are God's chosen people. And God is with you. In verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He took the battle on another level. He took the battle on a different sphere. Goliath had everything that the natural could have, but he didn't have God on his side. He didn't have what David had to win a battle. And this is what David prophetically said to the giant. This morning when we sang that song, 
Every high thing must be brought down. That can be your prophetic statement. It's time that you spoke prophetically to your giants this morning. Can somebody shout an amen? You have kept quiet for too long. The people of Israel and the armies of Israel kept quiet when the giant spoke. But not David. David spoke back. He says, you giant, we have listened to you for 40 days. Now it's time you hear what I have to say. And this is what he said. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you. And I will take your head from you. He didn't look at all the armor. He's looking at God. He says, I will take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcass of the camp to the Philistines, to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. That means all the dead bodies will be given to the birds of the air. And the... He is prophetically speaking. He says, you'll be gone. Your army will be gone. And the birds will have celebration. They've never had so much of non-wedge in their life. It's all there laid up for them. And all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. You see, the armies of Israel looked at Goliath and saw defeat. David looked at Goliath and saw victory. Same giant, what you see is important. What you see is important. Same giant, same words, nothing changed. The armies of Israel see defeat. David sees victory. And that's what happens when you see things from God's point of view. That's what happens when you see it and speak prophetically. What you see. And I'm not talking about what you see in the natural eyes. I'm talking about what you see in terms of God's perspective. What do you see? In 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 47. Look at the courage of this young boy. Then all this assembly shall know. All this assembly. I like the word assembly. Tell me what that assembly is. Today the assembly is the church. And he says, today all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord and he will give you into our hands. That was his confidence. I want to tell you the church of Jesus Christ. It's time we knew that the battle is not fought on the human plane. The battle is fought in the power and the strength of God. And this is what David says. God will get you. I like that. God will get you a giant, and he will give you into my hands. So David stood in that moment of history and represented the whole nation of Israel. You know what a challenging role to play? That means the defeat of David would meant the defeat of the nation of Israel. The victory of David would have meant the victory for the nation of Israel. He stands on behalf of that nation and he takes on the giant. After all, there was no one else to do it. He volunteered. The trained army backed down with all their armor, all their military training. They backed down and made way for a small shepherd boy coming from Bethlehem. But he had a few tricks up his sleeve that no one knew. 
He knew how to swing his sling and take down the bear. He knew how to use his sling and take down the lion. And no one ever knew what his battles were in private. And now it was time to face the giant in the public. You have battles in the private, and once you overcome the giants in your private life, God will set the stage that you will come forward and you will take down giants in the public. Somebody get excited. God will do it for you. Oh, I'm preaching like it. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 50. David prevailed. He got what he was looking for. He prevailed. He overcame. He was victorious over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and knocked him cold. I got good news for you this morning. There was a boy, 12 years old, who came from a small town in Bethlehem. He was the carpenter's son, and they called him Jesus. Do you know that name? Do you know that boy? He saw Satan hold this whole world under the grip of his power. He saw the world gripped with terror and dread. And Jesus volunteered when no one else could have volunteered, stood as our representative and took the battle to another level. Hallelujah. David represented the nation of Israel. We have one called Jesus. He is our representative. He represents the church of Jesus Christ. He represents you and me. Satan didn't know what will hit him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 8, If only, if only Satan knew that in Jesus' death, he would be defeated. He would not have crucified the king of glory. David used the sling. Jesus used the cross. Ordinary, simple things of life. You don't have to have deadly nuclear weapons. All you need to have is God is on your side. He will use any simple thing to bring down the enemy. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, Jesus also shared in their humanity so that by his death, he will break the power of Satan who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. That's what our representative did. He stood in our place, took on humanity, destroyed Satan, so that all who are under the fear of death will be set free. What happened to David and Goliath is a prophetic picture of what Jesus has done for the church. And let me show how these two run parallel this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 51. David knocks the giant down, Goliath, and this is what he does. Therefore, David ran, stood over the Philistine. Now, I want you to know the height difference. Goliath is 10 feet tall. David, how tall could he have been? 
He was not even taller than his brother Saul. So he must be below probably around five, five and a half feet. Five and a half feet and this guy is looking. So he runs, stands on his chest, took whose sword? Goliath's sword, drew it out of his sheath, killed him, cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Dead, they fled. What did Jesus do to Satan? He crushed the Satan's head. Isn't that true? Head was talking about authority, his government. And Jesus came, born of a virgin, died on the cross, crushed Satan's head. Now, I want to see how Jesus took Satan's weapon and destroyed him. There's a parallel to it. Prophetic picture. Come with me to Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Jesus took the weapon out of Satan's hand, made him defenseless. Are you there? Colossians chapter 2, 14 and 15. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, that was against us. What was against us? The law was against us. The law brought accusations against us. The law condemns us. Today, there are so many still condemned by the law. What God intended for the law was to guide them into righteousness. Satan used it against God's people to condemn them, to hold them in guilt, to hold them in condemnation. So what did Jesus do? Took that weapon out of Satan's hand. And he says here, And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed. Can you say the word disarmed? Disarmed. What did David do to Goliath? Knocked his head and disarmed him. Took his sword. He didn't want anything else from him. His sword was good. Took his sword. And with his own sword, he knocked his head off. And that's what Jesus did. With the law that the enemy, Satan, has used against God's people, he took that sword and made him powerless. Disarmed principalities, powers, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The word disarmed, ordinary dictionary meaning is take weapons from, render defenseless, make powerless. That's what Jesus did to the enemy. Isn't that good news for you? He made the enemy powerless. He took away his weapons. He made him defenseless. You know when David took the head of Goliath, he went back to the Israeli camp, and they were all dancing and celebrating. Isn't that true? And what did they say? Israel won a great victory. Jesus did the same thing. He took Satan's head off. He discredited his authority, disarmed him, and gave him for you and me to beat the hell out of him. I thought you'd shout an amen for that. You ask me why he's hanging around, he's waiting for a good beating. It's time we took the battle to another level. Are you listening to me? We stop looking at what we have and don't have, but we start looking at what God has and what God can do. And when we see things from God's perspective, every giant will be brought down. And you will have a prophetic word to speak against those giants in your life. The second thing that David did, he represented Israel. Jesus represents the church. 
It says in 1 Samuel 17 verse 52. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and of the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines, the dead of the Philistines, fell on the road of Shiriam, even as far as Gath and Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from... Say the word. They were good chasers, not fighters. I liked it. I enjoyed my preparation. It says, after his head was taken off, sword taken off from him, now the men of Israel became very courageous and ran after the Philistines who were already fleeing. Doesn't that sound like the church today? Soon as the battle is won, show me, show me. Where, where is that? But come on, I'll take him on. Soon as the enemy shows up, you do. But the good news is, he wants you to know that Satan is disarmed. He's rendered powerless. He has nothing to use against him. You and I can at least be good at chasing. Come on, somebody shout an amen. You can be good at chasing because the enemy is powerless. And that is the basis of our authority. He did chase a running demon. And people think we have a great ministry. Nothing. We're only chasing a running demon. And they celebrate us and they pay our fares to travel because all we call us to do is chase a running demon who's rendered powerless. Welcome on board. Join us. We're just running after the enemy. His head is taken. His sword is disarmed. Every law is removed from him so that you and I can chase after the enemy. Now you're getting courageous. Not only did they chase the Philistines, they plundered their tents. This morning, we're going to take back what the devil has taken from you. You're going to take back what the devil has taken from you. He's robbed your health, take it back. He's robbed your joy, take it back. He's robbed your family, take it back. He's robbed your relationship, take it back. It's time to chase and plunder what the enemy has taken from you. God is on your side. God is on your side. The God is not against you. He's for you. Nothing can separate his love from you. Who you have to be fighting with is the enemy. Sorry, not fighting, chasing. David said this, battle that belongs to the Lord. Victory that belongs to me. You like the understanding? And you other guys watching, chasing belongs to you. How you like that? So when Jesus stood as our representative, he said, Father, battle belongs to you. Victory is mine. I will take the devil on on that cross. And I will give the church of Jesus Christ the ministry of chasing. <laughs> and to plunder everything that the devil has taken from you. Is that too difficult for you to do? I want you to see the authority that God has given to the church and it's time the church woke up and stood in that place of authority. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. Now this is the prayer that the apostle Paul prayed for the church. This is the prayer that you can pray for yourself. Ephesians 1 verse 19. 
What is the exceeding greatness? He wants us to see the exceeding greatness of Christ's power towards us who believe. The Apostle Paul is praying that we will see it. Chapter 1, verse 19. According to the working of His mighty power, which God worked in Christ, when God raised Jesus from the dead, seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. He wants us to see the victory. He wants us to understand spiritually that God has demonstrated His great power in Christ Jesus by raising Him up from the dead, seating Him at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Far above all principality, far above all power, and all might, and all dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Our representative won the battle and now is exalted with all authority, all power, all dominion, and over every name which is to be named. Now verse 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. David's victory was Israel's victory. Jesus' victory is the church's victory. He did all of that to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, I'm going to break that down for you. What is God saying? He's saying Jesus has not only accomplished victory, seated at the right hand of God the Father, he has placed all things under the church. He's placed all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all authority, which is about principality, over power, over might, over dominion, and every name that is named. He fills us with that same authority. That's why it says he fills all of us in all the same authority that Jesus has. You listen to the part two if you're not convinced. It's coming. Can you imagine that Jesus wants to fill us with the power of His Spirit so that we can walk in the same authority that Jesus walked in? God's saying, look, this victory that Jesus accomplished was not for Jesus, it's for the church. That we share in His victory. Not only is Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places, He raised you up to be seated with Him in the heavenly places. Somebody shout an amen. And God is investing His authority. And the way we receive that authority is in the power of the Holy Spirit. And He's saying, God, fill me with that authority, which is far above principalities, far above all powers, far above all dominion. That when the enemy comes face to face with you, God will light you up like a firefly that the enemy will not be able to touch you. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. Look at this one. And the God of peace will cross Satan under your feet shortly. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be. If we are the bride of Christ, then we are the feet of Christ. And so when Jesus was placed 
in a spiritual position far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name given to him which is over every other name. He represented us. He represented the authority that we can walk in. He represented our position in which we can stand in. And Jesus is saying, you need to open your spiritual eyes to understand this authority so you can chase and, allow, and do not allow the enemy to plunder what I have given you. 1 Samuel 17 verse 47, it says, Then all this assembly, the church, will know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. And that's the same message that Jesus is giving to us. He wants us to know that our spiritual authority will not come by sword and spear. Our spiritual weapons are not carnal, but they are spiritual by the pulling down of strongholds, which are mighty in God. And we need to take the battle to another level. You're hitting dead ends in your life. You tried everything that you wanted. But when you take the battle to another level, you have God backing you. You have an authority that God has given you, and you can chase well. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Behold, look, I give you all authority to trample the serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You believe that? God saying he gives you authority. Jesus says he gives us authority to trample over scorpions and serpents, authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. I want you to say that. Nothing shall by any means harm me. There is a theology that goes around that says, if you deal with the enemy, he will attack you. That's not what the dream said. That's not what the scripture said. The scripture says when the enemy tries to attack you, he will run. Submit yourself to God and who will flee? Who will flee? Resist the devil and the devil will flee. What is it that makes a giant slayer? How many of you want to be a giant slayer? You want to be one who kills giants, slay the giant. It's a simple, simple recipe, simple solution. The authority you have to slay a giant in your life, to slay a giant coming against you, all depends on two things, what you see and what you hear. What's the two things? What you see and what you hear. The armies of Israel saw the, the giant. David saw God powerful than the giant. What you see? So I, I try to be creative in, in, so that you remember this. Your victory is only four inches between your eyes and your That's where your victory. Where's your victory? Where's your victory? Depends on what you see, what you hear. Just four inches. Because what you see and what you hear will be what you speak. You caught that one. The armies of Israel saw the giant bigger than themselves. The armies of Israel heard the giant and they ran discouraged and greatly afraid. Same giant, same words, same threat. David saw God and he heard the giant, but he also heard God. And he spoke what he heard from God. He spoke prophetically to his giant. Did you know that every person in the Bible who failed because of what they saw and what they heard? Did you know that? Do a study in the Bible. 
Adam and Eve, how did she fall? By what she saw and what she heard. Why did the people of Israel die instead of going into the promised land? Because of what they saw and what they heard. And what you see and what you hear will be what you speak. But you can't change your speaking if you don't see properly and hear properly. And so that's why it depends on you what you see that makes a difference. You can see trouble or you can see God. You can see failure or you can see success. Circumstances will not change, but what you see will determine whether the circumstances will change or not. Do you know that every person, you look up the Bible, every person, every person who succeeded, succeeded by what they saw and what they heard. What causes your defeat can cause your victory. It's your choice today. What is it that steals your authority is what you see and what you hear. What is it that gains your authority still depends on what you see spiritually and hear spiritually. When you see with your natural eyes, hear with your natural ears, you will run from the enemy. But when you see spiritually and hear spiritually, you will stand up against the enemy. Some of you have heard my story in the schools of healing and deliverance. I'll just share a little bit. How one day I was driving on my two-wheeler and I was feeling very discouraged and thoughts were going through my mind saying, I need to go on a one-week fast. I need to spend more time praying. I need to spend more time reading the Word because I need to gain authority. I don't want to be defeated. I want to see victory in my life. And as I was entertaining those thoughts and riding down the road, I was deciding, wow, when should I start? Sunday night, Monday? And I was planning when suddenly the Holy Spirit interrupted me. And I thank God he did. And he says, does your authority come by your fasting and praying and reading the word? Or your authority comes by my finished work on the cross? And suddenly a light bulb opened up. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to fast. I'm not going to pray. Now, please take that in to get authority, my authority comes from that day to this day. I'm chasing. I'm chasing. It's fun to chase. So you can depend on your own power, your own strength, or you can depend on the victory that came from our representative. And he can fill you with the power of his spirit. He can fill you with our authority. Because he wants to fill you with authority. He fills us all in all authority over all principalities, over all powers, over all dominions. And I believe it. Do you believe it? When you believe it, you'll chase the demon out of your life. When you believe it, you will not tolerate the giant. You will speak to the giant. Joshua and Caleb won a victory. Do you know that majority die because they see with their natural eyes and hear with their natural ears? But it's only two who saw with their spiritual eyes and heard with their spiritual ears that took them into the promised land. It was one out of the majority that took down that giant because of what? Four inches. He saw differently. He heard things that were different. And then he spoke. He spoke. How far are you from your victory? Thank 
you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.